cerca Higuain in acrobazia Higuain non è vero non è vero non è vero non è vero Mauri 36 nessuno come lui This goal was scored by Gonzalo Higuain against Frosinone to complete his hat-trick and score a record-breaking 36 goals in a single Serie A campaign. This came with just three goals coming from the penalty spot, unlike Immobile, who had converted 14 spot kicks in his 36-goal season. The six-foot-one clinical finisher is a man who needs no introduction. Currently playing for Inter Miami in the MLS, Higuain started his career off at River Plate in Argentina, where he scored 14 goals in 35 games. Real Madrid were quick to see his potential and signed him for 12 million euros after his third season as a professional. He went on to spend six years at Real Madrid, scoring 107 goals in 190 games. He won La Liga three times, along with a cup and a Super Cup. One of his last-minute goals against Osasuna earned Higuain the nickname the Hero of Pamplona, as he had mathematically won Real Madrid the league in the final minutes of the match. In 2013, Real Madrid players Higuain, Jose Callejon and Raul Albiol joined Napoli. Higuain's fee was believed to be about 40 million euros. Napoli had just sold fan favourite Edinson Cavani to PSG and the fans were excited to see the alleged perfect replacement. Mertens and Reina also joined Napoli that summer. It was in the 2015-2016 Serie A season that Higuain scored a league record 36 goals in 35 games. He also helped Napoli win the Coppa Italia and the Super Cup. In 2016, Higuain shocked the world when he joined Napoli rivals Juventus in a 90 million euro deal. He went on to win the league three times and the Coppa Italia twice. To the dismay of Napoli fans, Higuain seemed indifferent to the jeers and terrorised them pretty much every single time they faced off. He refused to celebrate at first, but with each passing goal, the celebrations intensified. Higuain spent a total of four seasons at Juve, but saw himself loaned out to rival outfit AC Milan in 2018 alongside Caldara in exchange for Bonucci's return to Juve. This stint saw Higuain score six goals in 15 matches, and his stay at the Rossoneri lasted just six months. When Milan faced Pepita's former side in Juventus, he suffered what was one of the worst public meltdowns in Serie A history. A missed penalty and a quarrel saw the Argentine sent off and in tears. Shortly after, Higuain was loaned out to Chelsea, where he basically repeated his numbers in Milan. After these spells, Higuain was signed by David Beckham's Inter Miami and is practically unrecognisable nowadays as he's gained a few pounds, lost his hair and grown out his beard. Throughout his career, Pepita has 31 goals in 75 games for Argentina, but his failure to deliver in big moments has left a bad taste in the Argentine faithful's mouths and has left critics questioning his ability to deliver in vital situations. He is still known to be one of the greatest strikers of his generation and he was an absolute joy to watch for many years and was once an absolute fan favourite in Madrid, Naples and also Turin. Welcome back to Serial Spotlight, episode 27. We're your hosts, Matt and Jake. Guys, you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Serial Spotlight. If you could rate this podcast wherever you listen, be it um, Google, be it Apple, be it Spotify, 
Um, you'd be doing us a solid and you'd really help us remain motivated to be quite quite honest with you <laughs> shout out to our writers David and Mithul who are doing a fantastic job on our blog on our website seriaspotlight.com massive shout out to them check out the blog if you haven't yet guys you get to learn a bunch about Seria and they're written in a real consumable way as well so you really don't see time passing when you're doing so Definitely. And shout out to Joe Portelli and the footy mural on Instagram. He does a lot of um, graphics for us during the games. Um, he's pretty good at it, I have to say. So shout out to him. Thank you, brother. He is. He, he brings something new to the to the feed as well. Massive appreciation goes towards him. Obviously, gains absolutely nothing from this. We're, we're a tiny, <laughs> tiny podcast from Malta. So all we're getting all the help in the world and, and we really appreciate that. So shout out to everyone involved. So, bro, crazy, crazy weekend of, of football. We were away for my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Gonna go watch Milan Atalanta as a gift from my beautiful, sexy, kind, sweet and glorious girlfriend. So the penultimate uh, San Siro match for Milan of the season. Hopefully I'll, I'll watch them celebrate winning a Scudetto, but, but more than likely I'll see them battling Atalanta for top four at this point. Just like we're going to be battling Atalanta for the top four, I'm going to be battling the Green Knight Snake because I'm fucking blind with pure envy, bro, my friend. I am so jealous. Oh man, it's, it's so been, fucking jealous. It's been far too long for me. So, so it has, me, it's true. But what a season, one. man. You, you might be you might be watching like a the title decider you could be watching a top four decider who the hell knows what that game's gonna be bro and, and i'm gonna tell you key isn't gonna she's not gonna regret this you know we're gonna be in the <laughs> you gonna eat her good <laughs> win lose or draw she getting it bro she getting it good with some of that they'll never know they don't listen like no absolutely absolutely not can't wait to Chump it, chump it, break it down. So, guys, this is the tightest title race in a generation. We've got three teams battling it at the top of Serie A. And we're here covering it all for you. What's this? Yeah, it's the second we start to create a podcast, the Serie A just explodes. Like, full potential, full swing. Great, great shit over here. Aside from that, there's also the toughest relegation candidates in a while. We're seeing Cagliari, Spezia, Salernitana, Venezia, Sampdoria, Udinese. All these cunts putting up a massive, massive fight, all striving for survival. We had upsets this week, we had last minute goals on three occasions, we had some super saves, massive shout out to our boy Cranio for pulling out one of the best saves I've seen in Serie A this season. But without further ado, bro, shall we Shall we just get into it? Yes, we just need to mention, bro, I know you're trying to avoid it, but I beat you again. Oh, God. The prediction series, my friend, 12-7, and this is what, my eighth victory? I'm just going to double check very Double quickly. check that. I think it is your eighth. It is my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's my eighth victory. We are currently wow. eight, four. Wow. Bro, step up your game. So this result was twelve, seven, and I have to say we're both getting pretty good at this. I know, yeah. I know you're well, better than me at this. <laughs> um, that's that's clear with the eight, four, you know, deficit that there is right now. But I'm telling you, twelve, seven. We're we're hitting some nails on the head here. We are, we are. And there was that close Verona Venezia one where Cholito scored a a deflected goal in the 88 minute, which Uh, put him 3 1, so you got the the victory there. The deflected goal was the second. That was Was in yours, yeah. Okay, okay. I I covered that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're we're getting getting pretty fucking good at this, man. We We are, man. It's great fun, really. 
100%. It's consuming me and I'm finding it difficult to talk yeah. about anything other than football, but, mm-hmm. but no problem. No I problem. just want to let you guys know that you should definitely check out our predictions and place bets. Fucking hell. <laughs> Jake and I produced an absolute masterclass this week. And so we're watching Napoli Lazio. Napoli are 1-0 up yeah. and we've got a Lazio win or draw and we've got big money cash on the line. Lazio get the equalizer. We wait for one minute. We say, this is risky. Cash out. 20 seconds later, Napoli score. Our women are just absolutely blown away. Oh, my God. How did you know? How did you know that was going to happen? That was amazing. <laughs> oh, what do you tell her? What, what do you tell her? Because it was chemo. She so said, I didn't really care. What, what, what am I yeah. going to tell her? Boy's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> what, what am I going to say? Just like, you, you think this is impressive, man? <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen this mention another time. Like... <laughs> Okay, uh, we should get going or we're going to have another three-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward. I, I remember when we named one episode Bohemian Rhapsody because it was one hour 40 long. Yeah, they've only got longer and longer. Longer mm-hmm. and longer. So this time, we're not going to talk about the biggest game first. We want to cover the Milan game, the Inter game, and then the Napoli game because they came in a row and we really want you guys to understand, you know, the, the sequence of how things went down this weekend. So the first game was a Friday night game between Milan and Udinese where the score was one one disgusting so Milan looking to stay first after a disappointing drop to Salernitana Uh, Milan don't often lose to Udinese at home so much so that they have only lost once against the Bianconeri in San Siro which was in September of 2016 Udinese however do have a tendency of taking a point away from Milan and this was the second time they did so this season It mirrors the season of 2011, where Udinese held Milan twice at the scores of 4-4 and 0-0. And that season, Milan won the league. And Udinese finished fourth. Oh my god, I remember that. And the 4-4, was that one Nocerino scored? Was it Nocerino or Yepes? One of them. God knows, man. Wow. So Udinese were at full strength apart from the injured Nuitink who was replaced by Mari. Milan on the other hand missed Benasset through suspension which saw Kessie and Tonali starting together while Stromagnoli and Giroud remained in the starting 11 due to the injuries to Kier and Zlatan. So although Udinese started the match very much testing Milan, in the 29th minute a curling Tonali cross was controlled beautifully by Leao whilst he outmuscled Beccao to the ground and slotted past Silvestri with ease. That's Leao's 11th goal in 29 matches in all competitions this season, and not to mention his six assists alongside that. So the game was back and forth and back and forth, and in the 66th minute, Havoc was created in the Milan box after Mari's long throw. Delafeu's attempt at goal was blocked, and I believe it was Calabria that got the block, but the ball fell to Pereira, whose overhead kick was directed to Udoji, who fumbled the ball over the line with his arm. The referee did have a look at VAR and shockingly, the goal stood. So the season just gets worse and worse for Milan when it comes to luck with the referees. You know, um, Milan, at the end of the day, have conceded a handball goal in the VAR era. That's unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable to me. So, a lot of talking points in this game. I don't personally believe that Milan deserved to win the game with the performance, but... How clear-cut was that handball for you? Because it took a couple of replays for me to see. Yeah, same. Um, To be honest, during the game, I didn't even totally realize. Even during the VAR check, I I don't even think I I noticed that it was Mm. a handball. Then I saw a few 
replays on like Twitter and social media and, uh, and after the game during the discussion um, in, in Italian on, on mm. whatever it was mm. Sky Calcio or whatever I think it was Canale Cinque no uh, no that's the, that the Coppa, the Coppa yeah. Yeah. Um, they were talking about they were zooming in and it looked it was a clear handball you know at yeah. the end of the day now granted as you mentioned Milan didn't play well at all and probably didn't deserve the victory you know but we saw Milan win in a similar fashion against Sampdoria and people were saying oh that's a clean victory you know 1-0 clean sheet goal scored job done professional Allegri-esque performance technically that should have happened against Udinese this time yeah I, I, I definitely agree with you there Milan have lost a total of 7 points this season through bullshit calls let me explain Kessie's equaliser against Napoli, which was cancelled out due to an invisible Giroud offside that lost Milan one point. Yeah. Messias' potential winner against Spezia, where the ref failed to play advantage and failed to send off Inzola as well. So that was three points that were dropped, essentially. And legitimising this handball goal by Udoji. Yeah. It's a total of seven points that were dropped because of bullshit calls. Definitely unlucky um, In the Champions League too You know We saw that red card To Kessie last season In the Europa League We saw a handball By Kessie That was invisible That led to eventually A Manchester United goal Being Sorry a goal against Manchester United Being ruled out um, Shit luck When it comes to referees I'm, I'm telling you man Shit luck really. Terrible luck And I understand How this might sound To Inter fans And to Juve yeah. fans Milan fans are always complaining They're always complaining But they need to watch These games And understand That why, why is it that Milan attracts such horse shit refs, man? <laughs> Maldini actually went out and said, like, stop sending us amateur referees. Stop sending us young referees. He's not um, wrong. You know, the, the refereeing body took offense to that, actually, quite frankly. But you know what? He's right, man. He's right. These calls are ridiculous. But anyway, I don't want to spend too much time complaining about the calls. Um, Milan, especially from the 80th minute onwards, were absolutely shambolic. Yeah. Shambolic. Nothing. Zero. I almost feel like when Milan play Odinese, they tend to freeze. What do you think it is? Obviously, I'm sure there's a mental state that says, aha, Odinese take points from us mm. constantly, and they already did so this season. But what more could there be? What kind of play style do they bring? Is it the physicality? Is it the high press that so, they use? Good question. Um, historically, Milan tend to struggle against three at the backsides. And by historically, I mean recent history, of course. Um, you know, Milan were, they couldn't beat Atalanta, but they seem to have figured them out now. Um, Udinese have been a bogey team for a while. Lazio tended to be a team that Milan struggled mm-hmm. against. These mm-hmm. three at the back teams, you know, very tight and compact, actually. Um, three massive defenders. Mm-hmm. I think against Udinese, it's particularly difficult because of their size. You know, Udinese are a big team, you know. So you see, for example, Brahim Diaz really failed to assert himself in this game. Same with Messias. He was okay in the first half, but, you know, at he struggled to compete with them physically. Definitely the case there. I agree. I um, Kessie as well, by the way, I don't think should play another game for Milan, but maybe we'll get into that later on. We will get into that later on because he was wearing the captain's armband in the match against Inter. Yeah, when, in the Coppa Italia yesterday. Yeah, when, when Romagnoli went off injured. It was a, a disgusting sight. To say I don't get this. how you can do that when you have Theo Hernandez, who has just signed the contract Man. till 2026. He has already worn the captain's armband, and you go and give it to Kessie. No, What's this? Not. I, it's I shambolic. Disagree. I disagree with that incredibly. 
Um, I was shouting for Rebic to come on this entire game because, as you mentioned, Udinese are a tough side. They're huge. Every I think a bunch of their players are over six foot tall, yeah. and I really wanted Rebic to bring that physicality. You said that he was playing in Timberlands in, in yes. the last game. Mm. <laughs> I think he was wearing one. Wellington boots in, <laughs> in in this one. His passing has been atrocious recently. He gave yeah. away... Bro, he put, he almost put them clean through on goal on yeah. two occasions with those back passes. I don't know what it is with Trebic at the moment. I think he needs to play a bit more. I think he needs to start the game and get back into rhythm, you know. Mm. It's going to take him some time, I think. Um, I saw something today, actually, a really interesting one. Uh, an Italian headline. It's like, Devastante and Irritante, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so he's either... Devastating or irritating, basically, and yeah. play on words with his name, of course. Of course. Um, we forgot to mention, Laxalt had a decent game in goal for Odinese. <laughs> what do you think of white guys with braids? I think you could either be really cool and dangerous, or you could just look fucking dumb, like... Yeah, I think Silvestri looked particularly odd with braids, I have to say. He did look dumb, but... It... You know, he's wearing a green goalkeeper's kit. I bet yeah. you he looks pretty sick in, in, in person. Like that white boy, skin man, fucking Maybe. trap man. Like he could be the lead singer of Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. But I do need to praise Udinese as of late on their trophy. They've been all right. They've been better than how they started out with him. Um, they look organized. They're a tough team to play against. They have always given Milan a tough time. And this was no exception. No, not at all. I mean... Apart from that one wonder strike by Leo, because I need to highlight that goal a little bit more. He took the goal down in excellent fashion. Becao always had a brilliant game against Milan yeah. and he had a fan- score too. Yeah. He had a fantastic game in this one as well, but Leo got the better of him there and like I said last episode, Leo is that man that can get Milan a goal out of nothing and it's good that he's healthy. We saw him yeah. play against Inter. He, he seemed to, to have picked up a knock in the Sudanese game. But he looks back to full, to full fitness. And having him in Milan's team give Milan a serious, serious yeah. asset, man. I do think he needed to be substituted in this game. Because in the second half he played, he looked really bothered by the knock he had got. He looked injured, you know. And, and to be honest, if he's not running... He's not going to track back, you know. He, exactly. And he wasn't really advancing either. He couldn't get into the game. He was he was hurt, you know. Yeah. I, I do need to mention that I wasn't a massive, massive fan of purely substitutions um, in the game. I think they could have been much better. Like, for example, I mean, first case in point would be, you know, t- not taking out Leao when, when he picked up that knock earlier in the game. A real risk, especially when Milan play Inter and Napoli back to back. Yeah, good point. He also took out Giroud, mm-hmm. and Giroud is Milan's only goal-scoring threat right now, pretty much. When, okay, he's the only goal-scoring threat in the air, and yeah. in a box yeah. with three massive defenders and two yeah. midfielders who are titans too. You you want a big finisher who can maybe win a header or something? Because the second he came off, Milan had no identity up front. There was no target point. There was no point of reference. And then, then the eighty-fifth minute, you're gonna bring on Daniel Maldini. Bring on Kronich, man. Bring on someone who has played important moments before in his career. Don't bring on a guy who is struggling to see minutes. You know, bring on Daniel Maldini in the Coppa Italia against Lazio when yeah. you're 4-0 up. Don't bring him on against Udinese when you're desperate for a goal. Totally agreed, man. Um, back a bit to Udinese. It is, again, that midfield combination of Makengo, Wallace, Arslan. It seems like they're not... 
spectacular individually. However, they know how to operate as a system, as a midfield three. They know yeah. who needs to press, who needs to track back, and who needs to start going forward. And it seems like they have a great understanding, and I think a lot of the pressure came from there. Not to mention, not to forget rather, uh, Molina and Ziegler as Very well good, down, yeah. down those flanks. They, they put in a shift, man, week in, week out. Particularly Molina, who had a tough ask against Rafael Leao. Um, good to see Pereira back as well, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, of course, he's back in time for the Milan game and contributes massively to yeah. the goal. But um, that's just... Of course. That's just luck, isn't it? Of course. Well, that's Udinese's substitutions. And then they bring yeah. on Udoji, who gets a goal. They bring on Pereira, who gets an assist. Might have made the difference this game. I don't know. Definitely. Shout out to Magic Mike Manian for another super performance. Um, but this was the... Another super performance, like he didn't shit the yeah. bed against Salernitana. Um, but yeah, that was that was a that was definitely a one-off. So that was the first happening. So Milan dropped two points, and next up it's Inter against Genoa. Genoa at home, yes. and Inter with the chance of going first. Exactly, and the score was nil-nil. Now, since two thousand and eighteen, Inter have outscored Genoa twenty-five to nil. And Inter won Jesus. the last seven matches against Genoa too. Genoa are still riding that one win all season against Cagliari in a 3-2 dramatic victory. Um, two points from a possible 12 for Inter in the last four games. That's absolutely Jesus. terrible, of course, for them. They finally hit a rough patch. You know, we we wondered when it was going to come yeah. and if it was going to come. You know, yeah. It's not like they even have many injuries. It's just... Uh, a problem all of a sudden people questioning their depth which was their strongest point all season at the beginning Literally. it's an interesting interesting turn of events Sanchez was preferred to Lautaro due to his poor, poor form as of late rather keeps um, going as well man. keeps going man he just keeps getting worse and worse and now it's not only like he's he's not only struggling in front of goal Lautaro even like when he drops down to midfield he's misplacing passes he can't yeah. get into the game you know he's, yeah. he's really struggling with his confidence facts D'Ambrosio started over Skriniar who remained an unused substitute. Um, standard Inter, of course, apart from these, Gossens and Korea were still out, um, but have since returned. Um, meanwhile, at Genoa, Yeboah was preferred to Destro up front, who, according to Blessing, didn't demonstrate quality in training and prioritize speed up front. He said that the next game will be different so that Destro might not be in deep shit just yet. Um, okay. However, um, with Cruciato off to the MLS, apparently Destro might also follow suit soon as he has also been linked to a move over there. Oh, okay. Quite early on in his career, I think, for a, for a move to the MLS. No? We're seeing it more and more eh, nowadays. It's, um, it's a place where they could train half as hard and make double as much, yeah. I guess, at the MLS when you're moving from Serie A. There's also a big Italian culture in um, in America nowadays yeah. as well. So nowadays it's been it's been for ages. But yeah, we're seeing it we're seeing it more and more, and it's the hunger for money nowadays that we're seeing more and more in players. Definitely, definitely, man. So Inter dominated possession this game. They had seventy two percent. They also outshot their opponent twenty one to seven. Yet they could not break the deadlock despite Inter's twenty one shots. Only four of them were on target. Okay, so similar to the Sassuolo game as well, where they failed yeah. to get a goal in their in their last game as well. Extremely wasteful with their chances, their best chances coming from set pieces. They're slowly yeah. transitioning into Roma. <laughs> <laughs> the best chances came from Genoa. Um, Goodmanson's one v one and Melanioni's or Melangoli's shot that almost bamboozled Handanovic. Oh, but yeah. he, he made a really good reaction yeah, save it, after it, that. It was a bit of a knuckleball that one. It yeah. swerved. 
In the second half, D'Ambrosio hit the crossbar through a corner and those were pretty much the biggest chances of the game. Um, yeah. I want to give a shout out to Brighton Loney, um, Leo yeah. Skiri Ostegard, who played yeah. really, really well. For me, he was the man of the match. And to be honest, on pretty much every platform I looked at after the game, he was man of the match too. Um, yeah. he He's good. He's good, Ostegard. He had that one weird occasion where I think it was in the last game where he grabbed the player by the mm-hmm. throat during the game. Yeah. It was a weird, like, he could have pulled his shirt, you know what I mean? Exactly, as long as you grab a man's throat. Yeah. Um, he hasn't played a single game for Brighton since 2018 and has had loan spells at St. Pauli, who I've never heard of, <laughs> Coventry, Stoke, and now Genoa. So I wonder if he'll ever fulfill his dream of playing for Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I had heard good things about Ostegard from from my friends. I I recall, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's been quite good, and it seems like he's starting game in game out now. For he them. is, he is. Since joining, he's become a regular yeah. there at the back. Inter, on the other hand, I think for a match against Genoa, even though they're on a bad run of form, this is definitely a game they thought that they could win, and. You know, starting Sanchez up front, even though, you know, Lautaro is off form, he'll always be preferred to Sanchez. So that was a bit of rotation over there yeah. as well. We saw D'Ambrosio starting as well, a bit of rotation over there. Um, but it's not like, you know, they're, they're not performing because of the players they have, because, you know, we, we've seen them play with their best starting eleven as they For were sure. against Sassuolo and they're not managing You're to right. points something, at the moment. Something has changed. It's not personnel. It's probably a mental issue. Um, Leao is tragic. Leao, <laughs> Lautaro is so tragically off form, bro. Um, yeah, he came on in the 73rd minute this game, and he only had 19 touches. Wow. 24 passes attempted and 12 successful. So he fucked up half the balls he tried My to God, play. Man. He had one My aerial God. duel, one from six. That's all. Ostegard winning everything. By the way. <laughs> um, one shot on target out of three. One of them was blocked by Ostegard. The other was off target. Um, what the hell, man? His what's going on with Lautaro? What would you do if you were Simone Enzaghi? How would you deal with this? He dealt. He tried to deal with it by giving him a break. I think. I think that's the best way to go. I think what we're seeing here is obviously we always discussed how Inter are going to struggle a bit more since they're playing in the Champions League and they're playing teams like Liverpool and there's also the Coppa Italia. You know what yeah. I mean? They have a very tight schedule at the moment, and I think it's not only fatigue, player fatigue, but I think once players get fatigued and nothing's coming off for them, then that's going to affect their confidence, you know what I mean? And Inter have a good balance of experience and young talent, which I think might help them get out of it because they'll need a true motivator uh, to kind of get them out of that space. I mean, I could think of Dzeko, I could think of Devry, I could think of Handanovic, I could think of Vidal, who's a fucking winner, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So they do have the tools and, and they also have the squad depth to, to yeah. get back to where they were. But it's interesting because it seems like nothing's coming off. It seems like Perisic at times is the only one playing. Yeah. It seems Barella's having good games, but he's not he's effective. Dipped. He's not he's contributing. Since, since the, the start of the year. Mm. But definitely, man, you might even argue that um, Inter have lost Conte, who is a specialist at these types yeah. of situations. You know, if a player is fucking not performing, Conte is going to fucking figure it out. Like, he might not yeah. he might not salvage the player, but he might find a way to replace him adequately. He's very yeah. much a plug-and-play kind of coach. Conte will get you someone on a free, some, yeah. some you know, right-winger that's too slow. Victor Moses. Yeah, a Victor, a Victor Moses type beat. Um, and to get the best out of them. I think that's definitely something they miss. We've seen... Lazio, as Simone Enzaghi's Lazio, start to struggle when it came to 
the final few matches where they have to get points to get Champions League. That all be well and good in the beginning. That be advancing in the Coppa. They've even yeah, won the yeah. Coppa before, you know what I mean. But we've always kind of seen them dip towards the end of the season, and that's where that's they true. didn't manage to get Champions League. There was a, a tweet I read the other day that said that Serie A right now the title race is between three like could have managers, Go three on. bottlers, and and Pioli, Spalletti. And Inzaghi, I think that's a bit harsh. Personally, I think. I think. <laughs> look, look. If, if I'm being honest, I think the only one that doesn't fit into that would be Simone Inzaghi because he had a long, uh, a long um, career at Lazio, and I think he did manage to give the team. Okay, he didn't manage to break them into the top four per se, but he did a decent job well, with he them. Did, he won the uh, Coppa. Uh, he got them occasions. close on a few occasions. Yeah. Um, I think. Purely, uh, well, Spalletti doesn't quite fit it either. Spalletti doesn't fit it because he's been a top four yeah. merchant, a top four god. I think Purely is a could have manager. He's had a lot of spells that didn't work out for him, and sure. now now he's insane. And I will cry my eyes out for when he leaves sure. Milan. Um, Purely's a relatively young manager on the scene. You know what I mean? He's not young in age, but he's. Relatively a, a relevation, you know, pretty much. Um, He's a modern manager. Yeah. If had if Pioli had to leave Milan, mm. there's no chance he would go to anything worse than Milan. No, I don't think so. You know what I mean? I think oh, uh, I see the, only, the Premier League showing interest. Yeah. A modern Italian a, a manager, you know what I mean? Would be the possible the next step for him. But I think he's happy at Milan. He'll stay for a while. I think so. I think so. Now, Padre um, Pioli. Yeah. Genoa have drawn the last five matches. Um, the last, the bottom two are unbeatable right now in Serie. Yeah. Has has Blessing owned? No, Blessing lost his first game and then it was all draws. Yes, after exactly. That. Are they bound to start winning? Um, they 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 need to get one now. Like yeah. they, they need to get one in the next few matches if they're even gonna dream. Like they're down, Genoa. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. my opinion, um, it's hard for them at this it's, point. It's it's too difficult and they're trying everything god bless them they changed yeah. the manager twice and um, they're now trying the gig and press out <laughs> yeah and they've been getting draws man i mean it's a it's a step up for it's them cute. but yeah it's it's cute it's an attempt you know what i mean but they definitely need to get going especially you know salernitana are looking a better side yeah. at the moment yeah that's true but say yeah you face the bottom three like milan face salernitana milan are first Inter, who are second, face Genoa, who are one before the yeah. last, and two draws. Exactly. They drop points over there. Exactly. Huh? They don't have fucking 67 points already, like like Man City and, and all those. And then they say in England, the small teams can beat the big teams. Yes, sir. Um, Bullshit. Check yourself. Piccoli <laughs> is out injured. The Atalanta Loney, of course, new boy at Genoa. He might get his moment soon, judging from Destro's current weird situation. Yeah, Destro is... is is going through it, um, but I th- I think what what Blessin said is that he likes Yaboa for his pace up front. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I think Yaboa might become a bit more of the consistent consistent choice over yeah. there. If you're gonna press, he fits the system. Yeah. Why not? But you need to play Piccoli. Yeah, you bring him away. And Destro yeah. is your Destro, top scorer. Destro, I, I would I think he's gonna find a way to try to resolve the issue because he's the the prolific goal scorer over yeah, there. It's too risky to get rid of him right now. Just wait till the summer. Um, Inter. Currently sit third, two points below Milan and Napoli, but with a game in hand against Bologna, while Genoa are 19th, eight points from safety. So Milan dodge a bullet over there. Inter also get a draw. Milan aren't happy because they didn't manage to capitalize on that. Inter aren't happy because they didn't manage to capitalize on that. And now, in the next game, Napoli have the chance to go first. 
and they're away to Lazio, bro. So, Napoli now had the opportunity to go first for the first time since what? I think it was November. Uh, They screwed it up last week after drawing to Cagliari and they get another shot, but again, away to Lazio. Now, Lazio are Napoli's favourite opponents. They won a record 52 matches against Lazio, which include eight wins in their last 10. But those two games that Lazio won, they won them in their last two home matches against Napoli. And they are looking a much improved side recently, Lazio. I think they've they've taken quite a big step up. They have, they have, yeah. Sarri Ball is finally working. Yep. However, these teams... Both also coming off failure to proceed past the round of 32 of the Europa League <laughs> as Lazio were held by Porto and Napoli got absolutely shafted at the score of 4-2 at the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona yes. against Barcelona. He'd be rolling in his grave. Yeah. <laughs> Napoli missing Lozano and Anguissa, which meant that Politano started on the right wing and Demme alongside Ruiz, whilst Lazio missing Lazzari and Lazzari only, but Philip Anderson started the match ahead of Pedro. So in the first half, the only golden opportunity came to Lazio as Luis Alberto failed to hit the target from close oh. range as Ospina was scrambling across. That was, that was a miss. That, that was, was a, a chance on the half, bro. Um, in the 62nd, and then a great passage of play by Napoli ended with Elmas laying the ball off to Insignia, who smashed the ball into the bottom corner from outside the area, marking his first goal of the season from open play, and what a goal it was. Napoli are top as it stands. Insignia scored his second from a rebounded Ozyman shot shortly after, but the captain was in an obvious offside position, so the yeah. ref, after reverting to VAR, called the goal off. Late drama, late drama, 88th minute, a Luis Alberto free kick was headed away by Rahmani, but only as far as Pedro, who took the ball on a volley from outside the box, and he hit it incredibly cleanly, it was a hard strike, and Ospina did manage to get a touch to it, but the power was too much for the Colombian to deny the Spanish veteran. So the ball goes into the back of the net, it's 1-1, you know, they run up to the fans in the Olympic, oh, I fucking love you! And all that, celebrating as though as though they've won the game. <laughs> 94th minute, Napoli had one last chance. Elmas carried the ball forward, he's really good at that. He's really good, Elmas. Mm-hmm. Macedonia's finest. Yep, he played it to Insigne on the left, who laid the ball off to Ruiz, his favourite left foot. So he said... This is our chance. Yeah. Ruiz's left foot. Insigne exactly. dictated. Outside that. the area. Outside the area. Ruiz cunts it with his left, curled it into the bottom corner from a distance. Nothing Strakosha could do about that. Napoli go first for the first time since like November or some shit. They must be gassed right now. They must be gassed. So, Napoli first, yes, but let's talk about the game for the time being. Yes, so, Lazio Napoli. Do you think Napoli deserved the win here? Um, yes, I think when you win in such a manner, it's it's deserved no matter of how you play. Yeah, because you, you managed know, to get it's it in such that situation, a it's like. such a an incredible display of courage, of relentlessness, of determination. You know, the crazy moment at the end. The, yeah. the scenes were unbelievable. I have to say. And Ruiz wasn't exactly having the best match. Throughout, no, but it wasn't. It you wasn't know, before. I had a really funny interaction with one of our listeners. Fuck me, I can't remember his name right now, which is really bad. Um, please now. find out while I'm telling the story, and I'll give him a shout out. So bless him. He was sending us some questions for for this weekend's pod, 
And one of the questions was something about Ruiz playing badly and he's been on such good form. So how is he playing badly? So this is Pablo. It's Pablo.dns. Lovely guy. Thank you for listening, bro. Um, he told me basically, why is Ruiz playing shit when he's been so good recently? I'm like, all right, bro, no worries. Yeah, it's it's true. He hasn't been that good in this game. And, and then in the 94th minute, Ruiz scores. And I'm like, you have one chance <laughs> to tell me not to say your question. It's like, I take it back, bro. <laughs> what so a he hero. Wasn't, yeah, he wasn't having a great game. But my next question is about him. Mm-hmm. Um so he's been incredibly he's been incredible for Napoli for many seasons now season mm-hmm. after season even yes. under Gattuso do you think a Scudetto win is the only thing that will see him stay at the Partenope he's been linked with a move and mm-hmm. he's flirted with like Barca for quite a long time and Spanish football is looking like his calling we see a lot of Serie A players move to Spain and have success Suso, Papu Gomez yeah. um, Papu do you think Gomez he could, not so much but, yeah, yeah maybe not so much but he'll get there um, do you think that and he's Ru is yeah, yeah I'm just talking about players from from Spaniards returning to because there is no, a thing no, no. Spanish yeah, players is. love playing in Spain mm-hmm. they will flirt with the idea mm-hmm. it's like the English most of them play yeah. in, play in um, the Premier League but yeah he's been linked with a move away do you think do you think that if Napoli don't win the Scudetto he might get pissed off fuck off and Sinia's gone I'm gone look the way I see it he'll leave for Real Madrid or Barcelona Okay. Now Barcelona, their financial situation warrants me th- to think like they they don't afford them, mm-hmm. but they have splashed recently. So so you never know with those mm-hmm. guys. But I, I don't know if there is space in their midfield. To be honest with you, it's quite it's quite young and it's quite promising. They, you know? they have some good midfielders. Mm-hmm. There's, for example, Pedri that I really yeah, like. yeah, Pedri's fantastic. Um, you know who I like is not at Barca, mm-hmm. but do you remember Olmo? Ah, Olmo. Danny Olmo. I really yeah, like Danny really Olmo. I believe he's with Sevilla. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's with Sevilla. Yeah? I'm yeah. not. I'm not sure. But um, anyway, um, Real Madrid have a bunch of veterans in midfield, and I'm not sure if that's where they're going to want well, to. Well, they, they, that, that was. Um, that's what I was going to say. So, um, in the midfield, they have Modric, who's old as fuck. Now he's mm-hmm. like 37. There's Cross, who's in his 30s. Casemiro, that's there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they have. You know, Valverde coming yeah, on, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. But Fabian Ruiz might be a good shout instead of Modric, direct yeah. replacement. They play similarly. True. I don't know. I, I could see Fabian staying for another year at Napoli, to be mm. honest. Mm. And I can see him also riding that trend and eventually leaving them on a free. <laughs> but doing that to Napoli, you have to be risky because you might get stabbed yeah. in the street. <laughs> <laughs> Napoli face Milan at home on Sunday. What happens? I'm losing um, in this prediction series, man. What, what happened? You want <laughs> some advice, yes, man? It's definitely not a Milan win. That's that's what you. Okay. That's what you Milan mean. beat Napoli. Uh, I mean, Napoli beat Milan at the San Siro, and now it's the st- Stadio Al Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. That's a tough. That's a tough game. It could literally go. Either way, like it, it, I'm not predicting a Milan victory just out of superstition. It could I be. Go it could like. be a Milan three-two. It could be a 1-1. It could be a 0-0. Mm-hmm. It could also be a Napoli 4-1. <laughs> That's true. That's true. A 4-1 is very possible. They are inspired right now, while Milan are on the contrary. Like they've been drawing yeah. and losing for a while now. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Napoli were going to dip after the Barca game. It was a bit embarrassing. Like, yeah. and they, did, they did really well. They were probably like, all right, this is, we have to give everything for mm-hmm. the league. It's the only thing we can win. I need to ask a top four question now. Mm-hmm. A full flow Milan, a full flow Inter, a full flow Napoli. Rank in order. Um, uh, 
Oh my god, three, what, what's, three yours? what's yours? What's yours? What's yours? Okay, so <laughs> people are gonna hate me for this, but I say Milan first, Inter second, Napoli third. That's what I say. Mm. I think Milan on their day beat these teams, man. I I do agree that Milan on their day Milan in the are, beginning are of the season. Yeah. That that Milan in the beginning of the season had that Milan played the Napoli. That were first. Mm-hmm. Constant that got all those wins after each other. Milan I, might have won that. Yeah. Milan might have won that. So that's what I think. Conte's Inter would be first. Inzaghi's Inter, I think, is second. I, I do think Milan on their day no, are, are better. Tight between Inter and Napoli. But then I feel like no I'm, I'm disrespecting Napoli, Napoli hey, man, third hey. because on their day they are a fantastic. They're, they're incredible. But that's they're what incredible. I say. I'd, I'd agree with you. Milan first on their day, Inter second very closely, and mm. Napoli third very closely as well. Uh, pretty much say on their day it's a 50-50 each time they play. Yeah. Let's go down the table a little bit. Lazio played well. What stopped them from winning? I personally think. Koulibaly was mm-hmm. a solid reason as to why Lazio didn't win the game. I think Koulibaly had a magnificent yeah. performance. Rahmani too, man. Rahmani as well. Yeah. Though th- that that back two is so good. I, Koulibaly and, is just yeah. different class and then, man. And we saw Insigne's best game this season. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. He, I his first goal agree. from open play as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Mentioned yes, it. you mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Um I I was interest. It was interesting to see Lazio make a substitution and get stronger. Yeah, yeah. Elmas, so Elmas is a good move, yeah. man. Was it Elmas for Zielinski? I think it was Elmas for Zielinski. But I'm talking about Lazio. I'm saying Lazio oh, when when they brought on Pedro, Pedro. they yep. really improved as well. As well, really both improved. teams, both yeah. teams. Again, Napoli have depth. That we we know this, but like Lazio have been known to have eleven yeah. eleven players, and that's it. Like yeah. But yes, I mean, you know, they brought on a Cherby, they brought, brought on Basic and Hisai. Hisai is so mech, in my opinion. Yeah, you know? he's, he's always kind of been mech. Yeah. Um, I mean, he gave Mario Rui a run for his money at one yeah. point. But. <laughs> Bro, Anderson, let me, tell, let me talk to you about Anderson for a mm-hmm. bit, because I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with the guy, but I can admire his versatility up front. Left, he's played on left, he's played on right, and he also played striker mm-hmm. in a false nine. Like... Let's give some respect to him. We'll have a round of applause yeah. for being an all-rounder up front. Well done. He's like the Pierre Kalulu. Yeah, the Pierre Kalulu of forward. Yeah. 28 so, years old, Anderson. He's um, the one of the streakiest players in the league. He's very inconsistent. He's very yeah. inconsistent. Like, I would never take him on any fantasy mm-hmm. football he's game. He's so ever. good for the first four games. Like mm-hmm. I think on the fourth one, he might even start dipping, though. But it's he's him. so good in those open one, games. One day we should make, bro, a Butler's eleven. Mm, oh, or, or a streaky 11 oh. the, the, Say a streakiest mm. 11 Like up front you'll have Simeone You'd have Andanovic in goal You'd have fucking Anderson on the right <laughs> <laughs> that, That's fun as shit actually we should, we should do that at the end of this episode Or maybe on the next one We'll see We'll, we'll see work on it for sure uh-huh. We'll work on it for sure um, So Lazio They thought They thought they had it They thought yeah. they were getting a point against Napoli yeah. 88 <laughs> minute goal Pedro everyone loves him must be a bit damaging to the morale that of they course, lose in the 94th minute fucked. from a long-range goal. How do they recover? Now they're out of the Europa League. Well, do you think that will help them secure Europe or do you think that's an even bigger burden on them? And do you think that will like, So considering Sarri's been bitching about Europe this entire season, I think it should mm-hmm. help them. Um, they currently have 43 points. Juventus in fourth have 50. 
Yeah, there is still hope. There's 11 matches left. Yes. So. I mean, they're as likely to make Champions League as Genoa are likely to stay up. Same point difference. Mm. But um, but we'll see what happens, basically. They definitely can fight for Europe, though. Europa yeah. League is definitely a target for I them. I think Roma might have had more success against the top the top seven teams than Lazio this season. Really? I don't think so. Who have no. Roma beaten? Roma have beaten Atalanta. Yeah. That's as that's as far as it goes. That's but it, yeah. but we we'll have Lazio. Lazio beat Roma. L- Lazio no Lazio beat Inter. Yeah, Inter and Roma. And Roma. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's no, they, I mean they're both terrible against yeah. the top seven. <laughs> but I think Lazio are slightly better. Lazio are just a better team in general. I think to watch even stylistically, they actually they'll, have they'll, many ideas. Very. Creative I think team. they'll jump Roma now. Yeah, Lazio. I think so too. I think, I think so. they will. They're one point behind them. Um, they're in seventh, one point behind Roma, and they've played the exact same games. Napoli, on the other hand, first level with Milan, and both teams two points ahead of Inter. The next game was between Empoli and Juventus, and ended three-two to Juventus. Um, Empoli won the reverse fixture one-nil, so Juve were playing with a chip on their shoulder. They wanted to get revenge out there. Yeah. Um, that was a humiliating defeat, and we named our episode Andrea Zoli's balls after that. <laughs> Empoli could have remained unbeaten in two successive Serie A meetings for the first time since 1998 <laughs> against Juventus. Yes, um, but unfortunately for them, they did not quite have enough to get that done. <laughs> Juventus extend their gap over top four rivals Atalanta to six points after this hard-fought victory. And Juventus are now unbeaten in eight consecutive games on the road. Mamma mia, mamma Very good mia. form for them. So Empoli took um, their standard 4-3-1-2 um, formation over here Now this guy Bro how do you pronounce This word over here This name C-A-C-A-C-E Kakaki <laughs> <laughs> It's so difficult Because you don't know Which one's a ch yeah. Which one's a can Which one's a sir Like What, what the hell Should we call it Should we just assume Every C is different Okay <laughs> What the hell do we call What's his first name Does he have a Does he have a first Eligible name? first name Let's see Liberato, okay, okay we're calling Libby, him Libby. Libby, okay. So Libby got the knock that left back uh, this game while Di Francesco, Pinamonti, and Bayrami played up front, of course, Bayrami and playing right behind them. Pellegrini got the nod that left back for Juventus. Arthur and Zakaria played in the middle with Quadrado and Rabio flanking them on the sides. Vlaovic and Keane up front. Um, Allegri took a punt with Keane and it's paid off because in mm-hmm. the 32nd minute he scored mm-hmm. um, Rabiot's pinpoint cross was headed in powerfully by, by Keane a very accurate and decisive header um, in the 39th minute it was Simon Zurkowski who scored after Juventus failed to clear the ball after a corner and he poked in the equaliser they looked like a bunch of under 11s <laughs> Juventus here and, and you know you look at the players who aren't clearing the ball they're Bonucci and Danilo like two seasoned players who know way better than that a European champion like over there just ball watching and this guy just comes and toe pokes it in it was so comical <laughs> Um, I was sat next to Carl on the sofa while they were playing FIFA ah, yes. Yes, <laughs> he wasn't very amused in the 46th minute, Vlaovic scored thanks to a Juan Cuadrado assist. Cuadrado played a short ball to Vlaovic, who took a touch, faked and finished, leaving Amazing. two defenders and the goalkeeper on the floor. Amazing. What a goal. Grounded what a goal. What a goal. Yes, the, the criticism, as we mentioned last week, was ridiculous. Like a rat. In the 66th minute, Vlaovic again, thanks to an Alvaro Morata assist. Morata played the ball behind Vlaovic, who took an incredible touch. 
to get the ball under his spell and shipped the goalkeeper. It was incredible, bro. With his left, he fucking tees it up right in front of him, takes another touch, boom, chips, chips the goalkeeper with his weaker foot. of Zinedine Zidane, bro. Honestly, this guy's touch, bro, is amazing. He's so good, man. He's really, good, really, really good player. Yappa, 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 yappa. Now, crazy sequence of events. Bayrami takes a fucking free kick. Bonucci heads it into the crossbar. Um, it was heading into the back of the net like the same attack eventually led to a b- forward ball coming in Luperton knocking the ball down and Lamantia um, scoring a goal so 3-2 over there towards the end of the game Lamantia got another chance in front of goal but he missed it he could have leveled the scoring over here bro are we witnessing an Allegri title charge he has denied it he finally spoke out about it he said it's impossible he said the team needs 80 something points to win the league and um, for him it's mathematically impossible it's not mathematically impossible for him it is though you know in the beginning he was saying he was in a relegation battle yeah (laughs) mid-table he said we're a mid-table team he tends to set the bar low Mm -hmm. so and then it's to take the pressure of a massive success takes the pressure off the players as well to be fair it's it's probably a seasoned move from him But we're seeing them on 50 points. Well, they're seven points behind. Exactly. They can, like. They can. It, they can it totally actually it. is mathematically possible. It's Some probably people. not going to happen, but it's mathematically possible. Yes. You know, in other leagues, that's the distance between first and second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good many point. Many other leagues. Yes. So. And tough fixtures for many teams. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. And... and uh, Considering the, you can drop the form of Milan and Inter, right Juve can definitely catch up to them. Mm. Napoli, I'm not, I'm not sure. They, they, they're probably inspired, as we mentioned, but they have drawn two in a row recently. I so think we'll the team I'd want to play the most right now to beat for sure, either Bologna or Sampdoria. Really? I'd say mm-hmm. yeah, Bologna or Empoli. Or Empoli, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Empoli, speaking of, are winless in their last 10 games. Uh, are they, might they be in trouble, bro, seeing how Salernitana and Genoa are playing? Imagine they start winning and these teams continue the trend of losing, no, like facts. Empoli and, and something, you know, Spezia, for example. These guys might be in trouble. Something similar that happened was Benevento. Yes, yes, yes. Benevento yes, yes. were doing just as good. They were mid-table halfway through the season. They were exactly, much like Empoli are right now. And, and we saw them, it went down to the final day. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't win mm-hmm. and, and they end up getting relegated. That could very much happen to Empoli as well. Like you all know. And then there's Bologna that are one point ahead. Torino that are two points ahead. But these all have a game in hand. To be honest, they're, no, they're, I, I, I still think Empoli are safe. Yeah, They're very high up. Like, you know, Venezia are on 22 points. And Empoli are on 31. So... I think that is significant. But if they keep on losing, and that's, that's why I'm thing. so confused, the because they can that's keep the on thing. losing. But I think I think it's Venezia, Genoa, Salernitana won't pick up enough wins to put exactly, them in Exactly, that's it. They're not going to get enough wins, probably, man. So I think they are safe. But, you know, anything can happen. They need to, they need to sort their shit out ASAP. Yep. Vlaovic has hit 20 goals, bro. You might be on the way to getting yourself a new football kit. Because, of course, I bet that Immobile would be the top scorer. He bet that Vlaovic would be the top scorer. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Any other takeaways from the game, bro, that you would like to address? No, I mean, you pretty much much said it all. Um, 
Also, one thing I, I think we forgot to mention was Zakaria picked up a knock quite early on in the game and yeah. apparently something in his thigh, so it's a, a thigh injury and he's out for three weeks. Yeah, um, he joins Weston McKenney over there. You've in a bit of trouble in the middle over there. They're going to have to make do with um, the same three players. Oh my God, know? Rabiot might actually play in his real position. <laughs> they might stop assisting everyone pretty much with the form he's in but anyway um of course oh i have it prepared i'm you're proud of me bro this week i have everything prepared like oh nice nice juventus sit fifth three points from atalanta who have a game in hand of course while empoli are 13th nine points safe so the other challengers for top four atalanta take on sampdoria at home and they get away with a four nil trashing victory um, these sides face off for the 100th time in Serie A, with Sampdoria leading in victories with 39 over Ladea's 29. That's crazy. That just goes to show what a young team Atalanta are at yeah, this level. True. Um, Sampdoria quite a seasoned team. and then. Yeah, yeah. But this season, Atalanta are fighting Juve for a place in Europe, while Sampdoria are facing their own struggles as they sit only four points from the drop, with Venezia having a game in hand. Atalanta have only won one match in their last eight fixtures, dropping a total of 17 points in the process. However, they do not have a single fit striker either, with Muriel and Duvan out injured, whilst Ilicic still out due to personal reasons. Yet they score four goals. This meant that Pasalic started as a striker, with Pessina, Coop Miners and Boga supporting him. Atalanta also missed Demiral and Jim City, who were out due to sub- suspension, allowing Toloi and Palomino to start. Sampdoria, on the other hand, have won two of their last three under Gianpaolo, but also have their own absences with Askelson, Gabbiadini, Damsgaard out injured, um, and Kandrev and Berezinski were suspended as well. Mm-hmm. Now a quick happy birthday to Coop Miners. It was his birthday on this game. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Coop Miners. Happy birthday to you. Wow, you, you did the whole thing. <laughs> Love you, Koopy. So What a player, what a gem, what a diamond. Well, he got two goals, so happy birthday, Koop Miners. Yeah. In the sixth minute, however, it was Pasalic that opened the scoring with a diving header at Falcone's near post after Freuler spotted his intelligent run, which was a theme in this match. Pasalic was making really good runs and Freuler was spotting him. Yeah. In the 29th minute, Pessina split the defence with a lovely control and pass in the air, uh, putting Coop Miners clean through on goal. The birthday boy finished with no mistake. Atalanta could have made it three after Pasalic was found totally unmarked in the box by Hatteber, but his header went wide. In the beginning of the second half, Falcone produced a lovely save from a curling Boga effort, reminding us that he's really good, even though he's conceding four. In the 61st minute, the birthday boy grabbed a second <laughs> after Miranchuk played him through a goal. I can't stand <laughs> the screen just birthday boy shit. The Dutchman slammed the ball past Falcone. Two goals for him. Pasalic... <laughs> Pasalic's cross then hit the post after no one in the box committed to clearing his cross. Some really need to have some more balls at the back. Yeah. Conti also hit the post moments later. Failed um, failed effort. In the 86th minute and then Miranchuk sealed off this trashing with a beautiful solo effort as he cut in from the wing and beat three Sampdoria players before smashing the ball into Falcone's near post. It was a brilliant, brilliant goal by the Russian. 
But anyways, it's good to see that he's performing well, even though there's all this political um, drama surrounding yeah. him. He's obviously... He seemed so phased by it. He, oh, yeah, like they, when they he when he scored, yeah. the team just gathered around him. You can yes, tell like there's yes. a certain amount of guilt you feel as a national, even though at the end of the day, like they have nothing to do with it. You know, this is the same thing. People being fucking racist to Germans and all that stuff. Like yeah. these people had nothing to do with it. You know, it's just the nation that it's the not him, the nation, sorry, the the government. Yeah, the, 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 him and Malinowski made it a point to hug in front yeah, of yeah. their teammates, in front of it's everyone. Important. It's so important. They showed them that obviously there's solidarity between the people of the country rather than the people exactly rather than the rich fuckers who want to fucking profit for self gain anyway (laughs) let's talk about let's talk about football though um atalanta back to winning ways they played super well but they didn't face the strongest of opponents what did you make of this match so um i thought this was a total mismatch john paolo came out of the three at the back formation like i was like wow he's He's experimenting, is this going to work? But Sampdoria didn't look up to it at all. Basic patterns by Atalanta pass and move were tearing them apart. You know, mm. they, they weren't at the races at all. Muru was terrible. Muru was dog one. Ekdal, at one point, couldn't get into the game the first half. Mm-hmm. I, I was just Even Torres, Torres Look at Ekdal! Torres <laughs> be earlier than him. He looked really stiff to me, really yeah. immobile almost, man. And... This is kind of the point um, getting to Sampdoria seriously, 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 seriously lack pace. They do. They there do. is no pace in the team. There's Conti now, yeah. and that's pretty much it. And, and Conti is a guy that had how many torn cruciate ligaments? <laughs> so that's saying something that he's your, your fastest player. Um, Qualiarella and Caputo need the ball to be directed yeah, straight feet, to yeah. them. In order for them to cause any damage, that's what the commentator was saying. He was like, at this point, they're so predictable, and Atalanta are pushed so like far up the pitch. Just try play some balls over the top to push them back. And, like, play exactly. the balls over they the top. They should shock them, like yeah. On... But play the balls over the top to who? Yeah, that's the thing, man. You have Palomino, Toloi, Hatteber, Zappa. Those guys are gonna run at you, you know. Yeah. Caputo, granted, and he's, he's quite quick, as but. Well. But it's difficult to play him through. You're going to exhaust him trying. Mm. (laughs) But normally, even when, like last season, when Caputo was at Sassuolo, it seemed like people would catch up to him, you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. he had certain movement about him that would take him away from there. He had flair. It's like burst of pace. Exactly. He wasn't fast, but that that was it. Exactly, his acceleration. Um, But no, we're seeing none of that this season. It really looks like he, I think apart from the change... (laughs) he made from Sassuolo to Sampdoria I think maybe he slowed down a little bit as he's, a player he's overall. slowed down because the system is no longer built to suit him mm. you know he was but do you flanked think if he stayed at yes. Sassuolo I think he would have continued scoring okay. yes because he's flanked by two very good players in a, before it was Boga and fucking Berardi mm-hmm. now it would have been Traor and Berardi and I can see Caputo with those guys playing close to him you know easily score 15 goals with True. the Sassuolo side this season I don't think he's bad I think he, again he's a victim of this Sampdoria system that doesn't favour him at all you know mm-hmm. especially under Diversa now it's a bit better for him mm-hmm. but yeah I have another terrible comment to make about Sampdoria I'm sorry yeah. but I've been watching them a bit closer recently and wow they, they got a lot worse Um I think their back three struggles against every single front line in the world. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're probably right. I mean, Yoshida dipped. He started yeah. off the season. Yoshida really well. came no. off the bench and then, in fact, yeah, he didn't pro- even start yeah. the game. Um, you know, I think the only decent one over here is Omar Kwali. Yeah, Kwali, I mean, yeah. Kwali uh, and, of course, centre-back. I mean, Kwali is all right, you know. He's all right, I mean, yeah. He's okay. 
I mean, Ferrari on his day isn't bad, but but this is a team that desperately needs some talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they might be in some serious trouble. Um, so Atalanta face Roma next Saturday. Last fixture, Roma beat Atalanta 4-1. Away from home in December, not so yeah. long ago. What happens here? Um, Atalanta win or draw? Um, what is this? Bet 365? Bet 365, yes. I'm just seeing the X2, but the odds wouldn't even be good for that. <laughs> um, I think Roma would will lose. To Atalanta. I mean, probably. 2-0. <laughs> okay. Okay. Atalanta. What do you Atalanta. think? I, I think um, it would be a bit tighter than that. I think Roma... Um, I think they're rough against the against the top the top mm-hmm. seven. They, they play a rough game. They don't normally get away with anything, but they definitely put up a fight. Mm-hmm. And they'll injure your players. They'll get yellow cards. They'll possibly get a red card as well. Um, but they are relentless at times, Roma. Yeah. And they're annoying because they they'll score from a random set piece. So I think it'd be a bit tighter than that. I think it'd be like 2-1. Yeah. What's putting me off saying that this will be a standard win for Roma, you know, despite Atalanta's injury woes, we saw them play to a very high level against Juventus, for example. And yeah. that was without a striker too. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw Pasalic up front this game, who, by the way, I do not... There aren't enough superlatives in the English language for me to express how much I love Pasalic. I'm so He's upset He's so clever. I'm His upset movement. with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's Milan's decision. That was Milan's decision. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, but yes, his movement is so good. He's so smart. He knows where to be. He always... Yeah, he trusted him in the in the striker role. You know, yeah. he's a goal-scoring midfielder. And he should have scored two striker. in this game. Yeah, he had a clear a clear yeah. chance. Such a good player. And Coop Miners is so kind of similar as well with the fact that they, they have smart players, these guys. They have very smart players. They have Pasalic and Coop Miners, who are the classic geniuses. And they I have the Gasparini class... I can, can spot a smart yeah. player. The class dunce and fucking bugger. Mm. <laughs> Who doesn't open his eyes? He's so much better at left wing, though. Eh? He like, is. He is. He is better at left wing. He's much better there than kind of behind the striker yeah. and a more. Like all right, role. he was facing Conti, but Conti's been all right to be fair. So yeah. still, still impressive by Boga. Yeah. Shall we? Is that uh, it? Yep. Sorry. So Atalanta are fifth, three points behind Juve, but have a game in hand. Sampdoria fifteenth, only four points from the drop, and Venezia have a game in hand. Very good. The next game is a team I tend to find myself preparing for for some reason next week. I certainly <laughs> won't be tossed with the task of tasking Roma. <laughs> or John. Or <laughs> Definitely not. Spezia nil Roma won. Now, this was a, a very entertaining game. Extremely entertaining. <sighs> First of all, Roma are unbeaten in their four Serie A matches against Spezia. They've only played Spezia four times and they, they've... Never lost, basically. Well, better better than yeah. most of the top seven. Spezia's longest ever goal-scoring streak in Serie A has come to an end. Oh. Yeah, nine games in a row. Hey. They've scored in nine games. They, hey. they scored in nine games in a row. Um, their streak started after a 2-0 loss to Roma and ended after a 1-0 loss to Roma. So, you know, so a bit of a bogey team there. Yeah. Well, bogey team. A team that's better than the who smashes them. Mm-hmm. Roma came into this game on a winless streak of three. But we're also unbeaten in the last three meetings with Spezia, of course. Mike Jure didn't start for Spezia today. Um, Bastoni played in midfield. He's back and they played their usual 4-3-3. Gian and Oliveira were out for Roma, along with Spinazzola, of course, and they played their usual 4-3-2-1 formation. In the 13th minute, 
Um, Salah got injured, he went out and Majora came in. Um, in the 39th minute, Kelvin Amyan got a yellow card. He was totally, totally off this guy. Mm. One step behind everything. He yeah, wasn't playing well at all. And in the 45th minute, he got a red card for a silly challenge. Yeah. Um, second yellow, he was protesting, you know, but it was for nothing, of course. So Roma had an entire half to try get a goal from open play. And they tried, and they tried, and they tried, and they did not manage until oh, eventually... 31 times. Yeah, <laughs> 31 shots to Spezia's nine. And 65% ball possession. But anyway, they only had, um, out of those 31 shots, only 10 were on target. Well, it's not a bad amount, to be honest. Provedel Pro mm-hmm. is, a, is a big game yes, goalkeeper, no? definitely. I would, I would say. In I'm very na- much riding off the Milan and Roma game. No, no, he's, he does play up to his opponent. In the 98th minute, there was some confusion in the box, of course. Well, before the 98th minute, the penalty was given in the 98th minute. Um, Maggiore eventually kicked Zaniolo in the face. It went to VAR. You know, the commentator was saying that it's not a penalty. The pundits mm-hmm. were saying it's harsh. Like, are you blind? He kicks him in the face and fucks up his entire face. Like, he has a black eye like this guy. Zaniolo. And then there's the argument that Zaniolo did play on as though nothing happened you know what well, I mean yes, but, but I, I think that the the contact was there mm-hmm. while Zaniolo was in a goal scoring position and, and you have you have to give it I mean it's yeah. a boot to the face when exactly. don't you give when that the fuck when don't you, don't give, you give, that? give that eventually the referee gave the penalty and um, Tammy Abraham converted even though Provadel tracked the ball by guessing the right way um, Roma hit the post three times this game with Cristante mm-hmm. Pellegrini and Zaniolo they couldn't score from open play yet again. This is a serious problem, no, bro, man. That's not just me exaggerating. And Sinia broke his curse. I'm, I'm excited to see Roma break their curse, their, their curse as well. Um, it just doesn't seem like it's happening, eh, for them? Not at all, man. And they're so unlucky. Like, that last second attempt where they got the penalty, that was crazy. I was sure the ball went in. I you think. Know? It hit the crossbar. It got cleared off the line. Players crowded mm. the ball like a bunch of... Kids playing football at school. Like, I you know. think I think there is an argument to criticize Tammy a little bit. Hmm. I think I think he's been a great addition in the sense that he gets the team ticking from from that that forward role. He's pivotal in their only way to score goals, which is from set pieces. He's mastering penalties now. He's good in the air. Next thing we'll see him fucking taking free kicks, but. At the end of the day, Tammy Abraham is entrusted with scoring goals, and he's not getting them from out of play. Um, he's not I think get, there's space many. To... He can improve, definitely, but um, he has 12 goals this season. Yeah. Only Simeone, Mobile, and Vlaovic have more than him, right? Now, um, he plays in a team that, once again, plays pretty negative football. You mm-hmm. know, the system doesn't warrant, it doesn't play to feed... Um, Abraham, it, I know it's built around not conceding goals and counterattacking. But Insigne you know? is criticised for not scoring from open play this season, yeah. and he's a left winger. Tammy Abraham's a fucking punta striker, target with, man with for twelve Roma, goals though. for Mourinho's Roma. Twelve goals, very good. Honestly, a, a good number, um, but. He's not scoring them from open play. And I think it's not just Roma can't get goals from open play. I think Tammy is struggling to do that himself. I think, like, but, how but many you know, times have we seen him smack the post, hit it just wide, he's great been save super from the keeper? Insanely unlucky, especially at the beginning of the season. But, bro, we're looking at players over there. Like, you have, you know, Mikitarian and Pellegrini playing behind him, for example. They, they need to do better, you know. A lot of the time, Abraham lays the ball off to these guys. Yeah, it's true, it's true. And... 
I don't want to be that guy that just criticizes a striker as though he doesn't implement something to the game. But I'm, I'm just going to go back to my original argument and say he's not scoring from open play. And yeah. I think as long as he's not scoring from open play, I don't think Roma are going to be scoring from open play. Yeah. So he needs to they see what he what he needs to do about it. Yeah, They get a lot of their goals from centre-backs, for example, from mm-hmm. midfielders. Pellegrini. And then, yeah, and then they sit back when they score, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that's a bit harsh, but he could be a little bit better, sure. Um, Provedel, once again, we, we praised the living shit out of him. Spezia yeah. um, almost lucked out again. Definitely, they 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 got if they got a point today, you know that would have been impressive. Mm. Like they got, they were being popped like a pimple. But 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 you have to respect that they held Roma for an entire half. It's yeah. like when Milan were holding Atletico, for example, with Kessi with Milan a man down because Kessi yeah. got sent off in justice. Um, but uh, I think you have to show respect to Spezia for hanging on in there, man. Agudelo got close at a point. Agudelo got close at a point. On a counter. Even uh, fucking Inzola got close on a counter at a point. Inzola, um, which which one was that? Again, did he show good he pace shot, in it? He like, did. He would, like, dribbled into the box and shot mm. with his left and it skimmed the bar. Like. Uh-huh, it, was a, it was a good sequence of yeah. play by him there. Spezia sits 16th, four points from the drop, while Roma sits 6th, six points off a CL spot. So the next game we're going to be covering is Sassuolo 2 Fiorentina 1. So stylistically, probably the nicest game of football we we had this week. It did basically mirror the Lazio-Napoli game with Sassuolo getting a late goal to, yeah. to win that. Um, so in the previous encounter, these guys faced off. They came 2-2 with Fiorentina at home. And Sassuolo have done it again, bro. They've beaten yet another team that rank above them. In Serie A, just after beating Inter 2-0 at the San Siro in their last fixture. However, the Nero Verdi hadn't won a game at the Mape since mid-December before this game. That's fucking crazy. They don't like the song, man. For sure. Um, So Sassuolo have only lost once in their last eight encounters with Fiorentina. But they still come in as underdogs as Fiorentina have dismantled Atalanta twice and beat Spezia away from home in their last three matches. Sassuolo at full strength, whilst Fiorentina's Milinkovic is replaced by Igor due to suspension. So in the 19th minute, Traore scored a superb solo goal as he cut in and skilled his way in between Odriozola and Martinez and slotted the ball into the bottom corner. He's incredible, man. If you guys saw Mbappe's goal against Real Madrid in the round of 16 of the Champions League... Similar. Very, very similar. It was a it was a carbon copy of it. Multiple chances for both sides. This was real end-to-end stuff. And Traore could have made it too. But his header hit the crossbar after a brilliant Lopez cross. Lopez again with a great game. Uh, Consigli denied Icone. His first goal in Serie A. Really, really well, bro. It was like a one-on-one. He came out and he fucking spread his body open like... Uh, let me not go there. Um, Biragi's free kick flashed just wide at a point. In the 70th minute, and then Bonaventura handled the ball and received a yellow card. And for that, he was livid, bro. And yeah. he started shouting at the ref. And the ref showed him a red card. He managed to oh, talk like his him. way. Uh-huh. Bonaventura managed to talk his way into a red card. Now, there. Bonaventura is known to be a gentleman, like a man of the people type of person, you know. Who Literally. Maybe... You know, world affairs have affected him. Yeah. Um, so at this point, you know, Sassuolo are up 1 0, Fiorentina are a man down. How are they going to cope? 
88th minute, Cabral scores his first goal for Fiorentina after Saponara squared the ball to him from the byline. Much like the Lazio-Napoli game, the team celebrated like mad, like they yeah. just won the game. It was obviously Cabral's first goal, so he's hugging the manager, he's like, I fucking love you, and all that love. Um, and then it was the 94th minute again, scenes at the Mape as Defrel heads in after a Berardi cross, it was a flying header, good finish by him, I did not expect that from Defrel, <laughs> Berardi fantastic as always. So the ending really mirrored the Napoli-Lazio game, 88th minute, equaliser, and then in the 94th minute, there was the, there, there was the winner. Which game do you think was more entertaining? Um, Napoli Lazio, just because the stakes are higher. I agree. Yeah, that was literally my argument. Um, Fiorentina have something to play for Sassuolo. They do, but you know, not really at this point. Mm. Um, they again, they play up to the big opponents, then yeah. they they lose against. Are we the, gonna talk about that again? I know, I know. We the, always you know what this, I mean. You know, we always say that is it because of the fans? Is it because of the hunger? Mm. We don't there, know. There, we don't fucking know. There are a thousand theories, and we fucking said mm. them all. We don't know what to say anymore. Sassuolo. Turn it up against the bigger teams. They really, really turn Robin it up. Robin Hood. And yeah, they, they, they look top four against these teams. They yeah. seriously, seriously look top four. And it pisses me off. I think, I don't know, Dionisi does seem like a motivator, but I'd really like to see someone manage to motivate Sassuolo game yeah. in, game out with a strict fucking boss. I think that Dionisi right now is untouchable for them. He's already displayed they can do it against the, the top teams. All he needs is a team with a bit more drive and I think it will be impressive what they yeah. can do. Here. He'll get Plus a he, chance to yeah. double in the market, especially if they cash in on, on Scamacca That's and be Berardi yeah. and Fratesi and all these guys. I see them fucking all leaving, to be honest. They've used Atalanta as an example, as a model. Buying mm. young, buying players from like obscure leagues and developing them, selling them for a profit. That's a good system for them, I think. It is a good system. I mean, they've really better to learn it from yeah, they, Atalanta. They've solidified themselves. They really stapled themselves as a as a Serie A team Sassuolo. Yeah, that's what they've done in recent years. You know, I this agree. is but their historically was horrific, man. a Serie B team. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, historically, it's true. They're yeah. a Serie B team. I remember thinking Even the name Sassuolo looked odd yeah. among the Serie A teams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're tenth now, Sassuolo, um, on thirty six points. What do you think their goal is? Um, let me just whip out the table. Sassuolo thirty six points, and they're behind Verona by four points. They play the same amount of matches. Torino are three points behind them, but they have a game in hand. I'm sure they're talking about Conference League, but I don't think they can get it um, at all. It's an unrealistic target right now. I think they just want to try finish perhaps maybe ninth. Ninth, mm. Within the top 10, I would say. Yeah, probably. I, I think maintaining that top 10 would be a goal for them. Yeah, for sure. I think it, it, there's quite a competition going on there as well. I think it's like, it's personal over yeah. there between like Verona, Sosuolo, Torino and Bologna. Um, but yeah, that's exciting as always. Cabral scored his first goal. Piontek versus Cabral continues to be a, yeah. a debate. Do you think that since Cabral picked up a goal, we'll start seeing more of him? I think Cabral deserves 30 minutes every game. Mm. And if he starts scoring and Piontek dips, give him a start. You know, mm. I don't think it's fair to bench Piontek right now. He's on fire. You know, He deserves to play 70 minutes every game. I agree. I think you have to play Piontek right yeah, now. 60 minutes at least. Right? I think he got off to the mark quick so what do you want to see between two strikers you want to see which one is getting goals whether they do it in the first five games or whether they do it 
in the last five games of the season, the player that starts performing first and he's on form, he's going to play. You need to play yeah, 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 at, yeah. At, at this point. For sure. For and Cabral will be hungry. He has that personality. He'll be fighting for yeah. it. So And he wants to make the the World Cup squad, apparently, for Brazil. Yes. That's what he's saying. Oof, that's a, like a bit of a striker. That's a tough ask, but who mm. knows? Who, who the fuck knows? So, in my opinion, Fiorentina didn't play too badly, bro. Um, but I can't help but feel as though maybe it's a lack of concentration they have sometimes Fiorentina do you think that's, that's yes, the case? yes it's the details as well and the individual errors and Italiano has highlighted it many times that they switch off mm. they switch off maybe they think the game's won you know like this this is a perfect yeah. example you know they got the draw minutes. they're happy with it whatever we'll go home with a point all of a sudden boom they concede a late a late um, winner basically. Yeah, they would have been partying had they gotten the draw yeah. man. <laughs> because Sassuolo were fucking good um, Fiorentina 8th uh, Win in their game in hand Could put them ahead of Roma and Lazio And into 6th place Sassuolo 10th 4 points behind Verona Speaking of Verona Verona took on Venezia and the Veneto Derby Both teams are from the Veneto region However the most bitter rivalry remains Between Vincenza and Verona and Veneto Of course um, V and the government in V for Vendetta As well as Cialanoglu and Donnarumma In V for Vagina <laughs> <laughs> really good Thanks bro um, We need to clip that For the amount of times You said where's it started in V Yeah It sounded like What was his name The guy from V for Vendetta V V Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh Vladimir or yeah. something Yeah oh, Hey, hey. Oh so. <laughs> Go on so, Vincenza and Verona first faced off in 1906 in heavy rainfall in front of at least 500 spectators. Wow. The earliest recorded derby in Italy, it was considered a high-risk game because of accidents um, that happened due to ferocious ultras, basically. Okay. Hooligans, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, apparently it was quite violent. <laughs> Verona are now unbeaten in their last six games against Venezia with one draw. The reverse fixture was that crazy 4-3 comeback for Verona. Oh my god. And this game saw a Cholito hat-trick. <laughs> the return after two months, bro. Yep. Verona played a 3-4-2-1 with a makeshift backline of Sulato, Coppola and Rezzos due to Cunt- Gunter's um, suspension, of course. Cesale and Davidovic are also injured. How do you pronounce his name? Red, red sauce. sauce. <laughs> red sauce. <laughs> like, I, think, I think red sauce. Eh? Yeah, let's call him red sauce. That's <laughs> okay. So Venezia played their 3-4-3 with Chernigoy and Haps on the wings, Okereke, Henri and Aramu up front with Ampadu in the back with the usual Caldara and the guy whose name I struggle with. I think it's Ketcharoni because I think the double Ceccaroni. C. I think the double C is. The, no, I don't know. What's uh, come, up? come up? Normally, if there is double C H. Mm-hmm. That would be K. Yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes with double C, it tends to differ. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, for those wondering, by the way, because many people think we're Italian. Ah, let's We get ah, many, let's, let's many messages that. about that. So you guys are Italian, we're, but you have really yeah. good English, man. We're, we're Maltese. Like, English is an official language. This is, a, this is how we speak all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. There's Maltese, which is a yeah. sick language, to be honest. Yeah. It's incredibly difficult. Like, I don't see anyone learning it. <laughs> that, that, like, people who didn't grow up speaking it, like, good fucking luck. But it's phonetically accurate. Mm-hmm. So, for example, A is always A. In English, you have A, which could be A, I, A, A, you know, all these different sounds. Yeah. Um, no, Maltese is Maltese good. It's a lot of Arabic, it's a lot of Italian, it's a yeah. lot of English. You get hints of French over there. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's us. Yeah. 
basically the play-by-play guys um, the game started with early chances for Haps and Okereke whose shot was cleared off the line by Lazetic um, in the 54th minute Giovanni Simeone scored a wonderful solo goal dispossessing Caldara and driving all the way um, to end his two-month goal scoring drought in the 63rd minute he scored again thanks to a Faroni assist Faroni just rampaged down the middle and played an unexpected ball to Simeone who scored um, the shot deflected off Buzio and went through Romero's legs. Quite yeah, a clusterfuck yeah, yeah, yeah. of a goal. Like, I'm surprised they gave it to um, Simeone. In the 81st minute, David Okareke scored thanks to a Dennis Jonsson cross. It was a good cross by Jonsson, of course, and a solid header by Okareke, who attacked the space very well. Um, in the 88th minute, Giovanni Simeone killed the dreams of the Venetians. Thanks to a Kevin Lasagna assist, Kevin the Flash Lasagna darted down the middle and played Simeone through. Simeone executed perfectly and took the match ball home. Um, Lasagna, bro, catches me by surprise because he does not look like someone who would be as fast as he is. You know it's what I mean? true, it's true. So he's, he's so quick, fast. Quick boy. He's so fast. He's very quick. Yeah. And I prefer him. It's much like Morata, where I just don't want them yeah. close to goal. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, but they do have certain Quality. um, qualities that they could really bring to a team. Like Lasagna shows good flashes of pace for Verona, you know, and yeah. they have all the pace in the world with Caprari on, on one side. Well, not all the pace in the world, but he, yeah. he's a quick guy. Um, and then sometimes with Barak. He tends to slow the game down he, quite he a bit. He gives them something Barak, different. But he's Barak. brilliant. He's like the he's brains brilliant. there. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have Lasagna who can who can switch it up. To be fair to him, Verona took 19 shots to Venezia's nine, 11 to four on target, and Verona had pos- a possession stat of 57 percent. Um, Venezia didn't come out to play in the second half, bro. That's the biggest criticism I have for them. They looked demotivated for some reason. I don't know what the hell happened, but they. They came out looking really weak. In fact, they did a triple substitution in the 67th minute, and I don't think that helped them. Well, they got a they got a goal back, but it wasn't enough. You know, I think I think Dennis Johnson kind of brought something. Yeah. brought brought something. Obviously, he got the assist there for Okareka as well. He did he did well. Yeah. It's interesting seeing Johnson come off the bench. I personally think he's one of their best players. Me and, too. And me too. But many of these teams there. do it, like we see Empoli do, who by Rami, for example, mm. or by Jirami, whatever. Um, they they tend to bring him off as a as a weapon from the bench. But anyway, yeah. bro, Nani hasn't really been contributing to mm. after his his a good star start. in Venice. A star in <laughs> Venice, <laughs> <laughs> way ahead of ourselves. Yeah, like, wow, we could make a really cool post, man. Um, Nani fashion, exactly. <laughs> He he hasn't really been as sharp as they'd like him to to be. To be no, honest, no, definitely not. Definitely. Like Jonsson looks more dangerous, and even Okereke looks better. Than but Nani do you think there'll be a, maybe a bit of that Zlatan effect? Like they they no, recently sure won a match. Um, they well they had a decent maybe showing against Verona here. Like obviously they could have done better. Like you said, they dipped in the yeah. second half. I thought um, that this would happen. By the way, when I during the predictions, I thought maybe. That that'd be like two one up, mm. and they'd get a counter or something like. Yeah, you know, in fact, you, know, you got the you yeah, got the correct, got correct score. score. I thought the two one would be as far as it goes since a bit of a derby. Yeah, and Venezia would up their. But game. Verona are good, man. You know they're a solid team, and they could really put three past Venezia. I think, but but clearly, anyway. Um, yeah, Verona are three points off of top seven, bro. Imagine How many points? Three, three. Imagine seeing Verona in, in Europe. That'd be nice. That'd be really, really cool, man. I'm sorry, I'm just... And that attract quite a few players. <laughs> what, what are you... Ah, you're plugging in your... Cool. Sorry about that. No Jesus. problem, man. Um, so it, it would be 
incredibly cool to have Verona in that top seven, man. I think as a team, I'm very attracted to them. Yeah. Um, They're great. Even Tudor's entire story, like how he was an assistant manager at Juventus and he just came in and the side was struggling under Di Francesco and he just turned everything around. All of a sudden, these guys are beating big teams. They're they're playing up to their opponent. They're giving everyone a tough time. They look so organized. So They're scoring free-flowing football. Like that just lost Zaccagni. Yeah, their exactly. Their exactly. The guy that was carrying them. Like, and they're um, coping pretty well, man. They're coping well. Obviously, Caprari has just been fantastic. Next level, man. He's player. been so good. Caprari, I want a shirt of his, man. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. Ooh, if if ooh. Vlaovic wins top scorer, I'll get you a Caprari shirt. I like that. I like that cool. a lot. Wow. Okay. I'll, th- I'll think about yours. I'll try to think okay. outside the box a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'll, oh I'll my think a bit God. <sighs> what? Uh, who? Bellotti. Bellotti? I, I would like a Bellotti Torino shirt, to be honest. <coughs> that would be cool for so the collection. Like, yeah, Samp, Genoa, Bologna. Oh, the Sassuolo. studio is going to be so cool, man. But anyway. Um, Anything and you'd like to say? they don't release a second season. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's no, tiring, man. <laughs> <laughs> we have work and it's 17 minutes past midnight right now. Um, so no, I don't think we, we... I don't think I have anything to add about this game. Okay. Me neither, man. Verona sit 9th, 3 points off 7th, as we said. While Venezia sit 17th, 3 points from safety with a game in hand against Salernitana. Which no longer looks like an easy game, man, at all. No. Before, that was like, okay, they can get three points there. Now I'm like, I don't think they can get three points there, man, at at this rate. They're a tough team to face, man. They're on a fucking mission. They're giving it all every single game. And they actually have a bit of a system around them now. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they're a highly, highly competitive team. But they're getting points, man. They're getting points and they're... They'll give anyone a game. Exactly. I think they're a tough ask for anyone right now. So the next game we're going to be covering is Torino 1, Cagliari 2. So Cagliari do it again. So last season this match was a fight for survival for both sides. But this time only Cagliari are in danger of relegation. Um, in their last nine fixtures, both sides have won three, lost three and drawn three. Coming into this game, that is. Um, so also coming into this game, Cagliari are unbeaten in their last four. Whilst Torino haven't won in four. But Bellotti is back for the second game running now. So maybe he yeah. could bring something to the team. Um, a list of absentees for both sides. As Torino miss Priet, Edera and Fares. Whereas Cagliari miss Bazelli, Nandes, Strutman, Chater and Rog. So quite a few um, injuries over there for Cagliari. So there was a double save by Vanya in the opening minutes. Clearly Cagliari are going to press. They're going to bring the game to Torino. In the 21st minute, a long throw by Dalbert put Grassi through on goal, who squared it to Bellanova, who managed to get there and put the ball into the back of the net. One nil Cagliari. He was so gassed. He was very gassed. I mean, he's, he's, he's getting a couple of goals, Bellanova. He is, he and is. this was a good, a very good sequence by Cagliari. They really they used their pace well in the situation yeah. and good passing as well. Uh, Cranio produced the best save in Serie A yeah. this season without a for doubt sure, as he sure. denied Piaka's powerful close-ranged volley acrobatically with a very firm hand that was going in I was ready to say what a goal the man hit it perfectly okay. and he just he, go, he gets big he covers where he needs to cover stretches his arm out tilts to the right smacks it it hits the bar and then he manages to collect it after. Watch the save. It's one of the firmest hands I've seen. 
What a save, really, man. And ref- the, like his firm hand, okay, yeah. but his reflexes there. The Honestly, shot was coming to him at such power. He just ended up sideways in midair in a split it's, second. It, it was like Neuer, like, yeah. I, like I was seeing Neuer. Yeah. Great save. Uh, but in the 54th minute, Bellotti made it two goals in two games since his return as he finished off on the half volley after a free kick was mistakenly flicked on by Dalbert and straight into the international, uh, the Italian international, Il Gallo. However, not long after, in the 62nd minute, they allow with his third goal of the season after a half volley into the bottom corner from outside the area, and Cagliari managed to get away with a 2-1 away Once victory. again, man, here we are talking about Deola, man. He's really establishing himself there. I don't think he could be doing much more, to be honest. <laughs> I think, I think he, the boy is a massive reason as to why Cagliari are performing better now. For sure, for sure. He's his, his name's just there all the time. How old is he? That's fucking enough. I, I called him a boy, to be fair. He's 26 years old. He I mean, a boy. Yeah, relatively young. Yeah. Younger than me. <laughs> One year older than me. Cagliari are going to do it, but eh? Yeah, they're, they're going to survive, for sure. I think they're going to There, do it. I saw a stat recently. The table since 2022 started... Cagliari are in fourth, battling for Champions League. <laughs> My God. They've been so good. They really have A completely have reformed team. Mazzari has done wonders with them. It's more of a momentum shift for them. The, the quality is there. They have good players. Mm-hmm. They, just, they don't tick as a team yeah. at all. Well, now they are. But now they've really gotten their shit together. They all look and motivated. And this is without Balde, man. Where the hell is Keita Balde? Is, is he still injured, man? I don't think he is. He's not injured. He's back from Afcon though, so maybe he's been unfit, or maybe he took a knock or something. I don't yeah, know. Could I be. Don't know. Could be. Very strange. Um, Torino haven't been the same since they thumped Fiorentina four 0 Yeah. After that, they they struggle sometimes. at Torino. Yeah, you know they they were beating like the they dominate before. Man. They dominate possession. They shoot, but they're another wasteful side. Mm. Like they they just held Juve to be to be fair yeah. to them. But that's a game that you know they play up to it. Yeah. Um, but other other than that game against Juve, they, they've dropped points, silly points. Yeah, they and and for the team that they have and the manager they have, they should be doing much better. For man. sure, for sure. And I think it'll only get better for them. They're on the right track. They're way better than they were last season, of course, and the season prior to that. Um, the only way is up for them, definitely. They'll they'll be back to a to a side that fights for that Conference League spot for a while. Yeah, I think I think so. I think so. Um, so, nothing really to, to add to this mm-hmm. game. Uh, Torino are now 11th, three points behind Sassuolo, but have a game in hand, as mentioned before. Cagliari, three points ahead of Venezia, who have a game in hand, and also one point behind Spezia, Sampdoria, and Udinese. This so is Serie The next game was between Salernitana and Bologna, and it ended 1-1. Salernitana are now unbeaten in their last four games. And it's the sixth match between these two sides in Serie A. They have two wins apiece and two draws. Salernitana played their classic 4-2-3-1 formation, while Bologna played a 3-4-3 in this one. Um, same logic that Mihailovic used last time out, probably. Yeah, he wants a more offensive side. Yeah, yeah. Um, Marco Arnautovic in the 43rd minute opened the scoring with a perfect header um, after a brilliant right-footed ball by Hickey. Hickey has been incredible this season. I was mm-hmm. meant to prepare his stats, but I actually forgot to do that. So if you want to look them up, no quickly, worries. You, can, you um, can use the Fanta Culture app. Yeah, the, I think, what is that? Four goals in 
three games for Arnautovic. Yes, I yes, think I think it's something like that. like that, like four goals in three games or something. So yeah, he's back. He's back. He's mm-hmm. found his form. Again. Like it was interesting because Bologna struggled to find goals last season with Palacio up front, and then they got Arnautovic, and they thought that problem was over. And for some period, it still seemed like they couldn't get goals, but. But he's back now with four goals in three games, so I don't think they should be worrying yeah. about that. Here it is. Um, Hickey has four goals this season and one assist. One of Europe's find- finest young talents in the left-back position. For sure, man. For in the sure. 72nd minute, Nadir Zortea entered the fray and scored seconds after coming on. He shot from outside the area and scored after a Muset assist. Sansone smashed the crossbar from range shortly after. Um, Salernitana got close from a Mazzocchi free kick, but that was pretty much it. 1 1. Um, you know, Salernitana had 56% of ball possession here. They outshot their opponent 15 shots to 8, 4 3 on target. Um, I think if anyone deserved the victory this game, it was Salernitana, bro. I, I would agree with you there. I would agree with you. Um, and, you know, they, they managed to put enough pressure on Bologna to kind of dominate the game. Their pass success was higher. They had more dribbles. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave them a battle in the air as well. They won 10 duels to Bologna's mm-hmm. 11. Um, they had 56% ball possession, 15 shots, 6 corners. They dispossessed their opponent 6 times. They, I mean, yeah. dominating performance by Salernitana. They'd be upset eh, that, that it wasn't a win because... The mentality is we need to win every single game now if we're to survive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think they should be proud and, and yeah. happy with the point. I think they should look at the performance more than the result. Shout out to Ederson who got close to scoring on occasion. He played a really good game in midfield for Salernitana. Um, Verdi wasn't really at the races this day. Um, Ribéry and Castanos were, were better. And Juric actually looks quite dangerous when the ball is, is played Ju- to him quite well. Juric is, is looking better nowadays. Yeah. We're, seeing him play, we're seeing him get more minutes as well, yeah. which is good. Budget Zlatan. <laughs> Literally. Of course, um, Bologna with the usual problems, no? Yes, 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 yes. I mean, there's, there's nothing really new to say about Bologna yeah. except for... well. I can't really say anything because they're facing, like I said, a Salernitana side who at An the moment... An inspired side that just drew to Milan. Exactly. They, they, they just want to win every single game to survive. Yeah. So I think Barrow could be doing better, man. Barrow can definitely be doing better. Barrow, yeah. Barrow is probably their most underwhelming performer this season. For sure, When it man. comes to the, sand, the standards. Because now Orsolini picked up a bit. Arnautovic has been pretty good for mm-hmm. them. Soriano's played out of Arnautovic position. You very know. good. Yeah. So Barrow just Shout needs to step really it up, and well. Barrow, the thing is with him that he he has this like diva attitude, you know, mm-hmm. it's similar to Boga, where like he he often you saw goes it from in down the, the African Cup of Nations, but in the well. African Cup of Nations, he's like the only prestigious player on that team. You know what I mean? He's yeah. he does everything like if there, he's like Diego Forlan back in the day. You know, if there's a if there's a free kick from the halfway line, Barrow's teeing it up to shoot. You know, zooming in on his face, his lips are like pouted, he's sweating like you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I like the guy. The, the guy is fantastic on his day, though. Um, he just needs to play for the team a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's kind of like Boga syndrome yeah. as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Salernitana sit 20th, um, still with 15 points, but they have two games in hand, so who knows where they might end up. It could be two points. Yeah, could be six. I mean, most likely it'll yeah. be two, but... Most likely it'll be one, no. <laughs> Yeah, and Bologna sit 12th, you know, just vibing once again. No real ambition right now. <laughs> just, you know, I mean, we were saying There's that Empoli the are... battle. Yeah, we were saying that Empoli are at risk of relegation. Bologna are just one point 
yes, above yes, them. Yes, so, yes, facts. so they're, they're, they're pretty much on the same boat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's yeah, it's tight every, everywhere. That's pretty much everything, bro. Well, that's not really everything, bro, because. So we don't have that many questions for you guys this week. We marketed it pretty weekly this time, yes. this time round. An 8 p.m. post. An 8 p.m. post. Fuck it. Oh my god, I think I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, but the questions come from Pablo, my good friend that um, I mentioned earlier. Thank you, brother, for listening. Um, so at first he asked that Ruiz question he said what the fuck is going on with Fabian Ruiz he's made so many mistakes these past 45 minutes and I couldn't believe my eyes I replied to that with you're right Fabian has seemed off today alongside them perhaps Lobotka and Ruiz was a better partnership but it deserves some thoughts and then he messaged me later he said you can't write this shit (laughs) give you a chance to reevaluate your question he said incredible I take everything back but I, I do agree. I don't think, like, well, Ruiz didn't have a bad game, but he wasn't as present as he normally is, and yeah. he made a few mistakes here, here and there. But he It was a tough game, to be exactly. honest. His, opponent, his opponents were quite tough. Exactly. Um, it has to be said, though, that he is right. Um, you can't write this shit. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. <laughs> Sometimes it's so cheesy and so dramatic that I'm just, like, a little less... You know, like this isn't believable. You know, like, I, it's like, so I, good. Though. I don't, I don't think that could happen to Milan, for example. Like we recently had one with Giroud's goal against yeah. Inter. Well, I was like, what the eighty third minute, eighty fourth minute? Yeah. Like Milan give me haven't a had last one. fucking yeah. kick of the ball. Give me a give me Tomori header in the last second of the game. Oh, like. I literally got chills, bro. Give yeah. a Calabria give me screamer. A Florenzi freak. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. The guy goes down as a cult hero. Yeah. Um, he then also asked something else that I'd really like to hear from you guys is which players do you think deserve to be called world class right now in the league um, and who have potential to become world class as well. Um, he said that, you know, people are known to be world class nowadays when that wouldn't really be mm-hmm. the case. Um, yes. What what do you think? Because I think this is so, the discussion to be had. Okay. What make someone world-class so i'm very cautious with this term Mm -hmm. world-class because i think technically on paper it would be a a player that would start for any team in the world that's a world-class player a world-class player doesn't sit on the bench because he's world-class no i don't think it would be someone that sits on the bench but i don't i I think someone can be world-class and they just systematically don't fit a certain team. I know what you're saying. I, I totally But if he's world-class, totally you, you build the system around him because he's that good. But, for example, I will give you a solid argument. Mm. I think that Zakani is world-class, for example. I but don't I don't think, think he starts. I, I don't think he starts in every team. I, I think, think he's world-class. No, he's a top player in Serie A, but he's world-class. Saponara is world-class. No, class. no, all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm freaking... I'm feeling weird hearing you say all these things. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. These players aren't world class, bro. World class, we're talking about like I don't know, man. World class is in the league. Zedor, in, in the league right Maldini. now, for example, world class potential. You have Vlaovic. World you class potential. Po- Vlaovic, world class potential. Leo, you have Chiesa. Leo. Chiesa. You know. You have Fratto. world class Barella. Barella is world class. You have Milinkovic Savic, in my opinion, is world class. Mm-hmm. That that's a controversial. Another one. Italian. Who did you say? Sorry. Um, Salvage, Milinkovic Salvage. 
like in my opinion, these are world class players. Yes, in my opinion, they they don't but need not to Sapon- start as every single class. every single. Round. But there are look okay. Maybe overall he's not world class. He's not no. in the peak of his career. He wouldn't fit into every even at this peak. Just even physically, he's not. I think he's level. so technically gifted. Yes. that if you see him juggle a ball, if you see him take a ball past a player yeah. at his age and cross the ball in the way he does, and how much he still contributes to the team and how much better he makes Fiorentina, I think you can consider Look, this guy world class. He's, he's. I'm being a bit soft. Yes, yeah, I know. World, he has world class technique, maybe sure at most. Exactly, but that's what, that's physically, he doesn't have what it takes, for example, to be a world class player. You know, world mm. class. You're looking at the freak, freaks of nature, like the Mbappes, yeah. the Hollands, uh, the fucking guys that I, are, I'd that make are an a different breed. That, like Sapanar is human, you know. Verratti is world class, of course. He's sure, sure. Um, Theo Hernandez is world class, you know. Potentially, potentially, even fucking as a centre back like Skriniar, you can argue is world class. I might say that so far Tomori has been world class. I think so far he has been world class. Like, I'd, uh, please yeah, don't tell yes, me yes, yes, yes. I, I think once again Tomori falls under the category of world class potential, and he can totally reach it for I sure. Think Koulibaly is world class. Koulibaly right is now. world yes. class. Yes, correct. Okay. okay. Yes. Okay, cool. So I think since we don't have that many questions, we're going to create that Trash 11. Yeah. That we... What was it called? Trash 11? It was Streaky 11. Ah, Streaky 11. Ah, so we're going to make that our list for Streaky 11. We've actually made it now. We're yeah. super, super quick. <laughs> um, do you want to go first or should I go first? I think we or should we... compare position. position you position. did 4-3-3. I did 4-3-3, okay, yes. fantastic. So goalkeeper Handanovic for me. Same here. I okay. think for this season, I understand that he was more consistent yeah. before, but streaky now. Another close call would have been Szczesny. That was exactly, my dilemma. Exactly. Yeah. Szczesny but I think Handanovic is more often good because I think yeah. to be streaky, you need to be good. Yeah, that's a good point. You need to pick like players who, who actually have good spells. Um, so, Agreed. left back, bro. Who's My left, left back? back is Mario Rui. Yeah, it was between Mario Rui and Mele. Oh, fair enough. Fair um, enough fair I think enough. Mario Rui takes the cake, though. Yeah, but I he's more so. often off than not. But sometimes he plays really well. It's um, true. So, Mario it's Rui, true. definitely. Center back, I put Rugani as one of them. So, I put Acherbi before the season. Oh, good, but good I, point. Good, good uh-huh. shout. I think for the season, I'd say Acherbi. Rugani, though, too, has... Sometimes been dubbed the future of Juve, like no, and that was very, very like yeah early on, and <laughs> the people kind of overhyped him a little bit. But he has been like I think after they yeah. lost the cup final, yeah. um, he's looked a much better player. True, true. Um, the other centre back I put Milinkovic. So, bro, I thought of putting Milinkovic uh-huh. and. I don't know, maybe I should have. Um, I put Romagnoli. Romagnoli is a good shout. But Romagnoli, then again, is he ever really insane? Sometimes he is pretty Sometimes flawless, though, decent. I have to say. Sometimes, Sometimes he's decent. Never attacking. Yeah. Never attacking. Sometimes he can hold the ma- his man off well, but sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, his lack off of the, commitment, like... Ah, uh-huh, like off the ball and also his positioning, yeah. like, and he gets between the ball and the goal well. Yeah. But if you he try just to needs to become down, more aggressive. That's exactly. It. So, yeah. You're um, right back. De Chilio. Oh, same. Same? Okay. Same. That's hilarious, by the way. Mm. These guys are just so notorious. <laughs> like, the same brain. Uh, my midfield three is hilarious. Tell me your midfield three and I'll tell you my midfield Kessie. three. Uh-huh. Same. Chalanoglu. Same. same. And Soriano. <laughs> Orsolini. Orsolini. <laughs> That's a good shot. But Orsolini is a winger. Well, but we've seen him play in the... 
center, no? Mm, sometimes. It's kind of, it kind of looks like behind the striker. Mm. Like, yeah, fair enough, okay. I put Soriano. I don't know if it's his fault because he plays further back, but like, mm. you know. Soriano's a good shout, huh? Uh, or Solini's also a good shout, mm. to be honest. Yeah, yeah look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Salamakers, right wing. Salamakers. It was between him and Jazzy, but Jazzy's hardly. I, I, I was considering. Um, who was I considering again? Salamakers. But uh, my front three are Salamakers, Cholito, and Anderson. Uh, oh my god, Anderson needs to make this team. Anderson's instead of Salamakers. Um, Simeone up front and then on the left there's no other correct answer apart from Rebic oh my god Rebic is a good shout but I think I don't know Salamakers Bro- might be but we see more of Salamakers yeah. don't we yeah. so it's easier to say that he's more and Rebic streaky. has moments where he's just scoring crazy goals and he can't even control a ball like it's he's as streaky as they come it's this true. team well, I, I, I was thinking Boga as yeah, well Boga is not a bad shout either but again, he gives you pretty much the same thing every week. Mm-hmm. You know, Rebic doesn't. It's true. This team, man, will they get relegated? Will they make Champions League? <laughs> Who the hell knows? <laughs> okay, so let's, let's just read it out, the, the finished product. So we have Handanovic, De Chilio, um Did we agree Milenkovic? No, we said for centre-backs, Romagnoli and Acerbi. Okay, so it's Handanovic, De Chilio, Romagnoli, Acerbi, Mario Rui. Exactly. Kessi, Chalanoglu, Soriano. Mm-hmm. Anderson, Simeone, Rebic So the argument was that Soriano, we see him have higher highs than, than Orsolini And then he'll hit those lows So he's more often than not effective And then he just dips every yeah. now and then um, And Rebic is, is the same He'll score yeah. a couple of goals against Liverpool He'll score against Juve, an incredible goal And then he'll then kind he'll of Misplace a fucking simple putt Exactly, on a number of occasions okay, So will this team make Champions League? Will this team get relegated? Who the fuck knows, <laughs> Who the right? fuck? Who the fuck? They'll be fucking fighting relegation yeah. one season And trying to get Europe the next season Yeah. And then they'll all leave for free Kessie, <laughs> Chalanoglu, Romagnoli <laughs> Oh, there would have been a good shout for Well, there would have been a decent shout. But anyway. Mm. Yeah. I think that's it for this time, guys. I'm just going to ask you kindly again, and I won't ask you again. Um, to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're very engaging there. Um, give us a listen, Spotify, Google Play. Rate us five stars. Yeah, rate Please. us five stars wherever you listen. It helps us a lot. We're currently yeah. have a rating of 4.9, which is already great. So thank yeah. you, everyone. Um, but we'll see you guys next week. We'll have a couple of big ones to talk about. For sure. And look out for us.